Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So glad you're here. Hope you're having a great day. I hope your year continues to go well. Hope you're finding and booking paid speaking engagements, that you are getting out there, sharing your message, making a little dent in the world. Ultimately, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And I hope you've been able to do that. Hope we've been able to help some way, whether this is your first time listening or you've listened to all 100 plus episodes. We're really glad that you're here, wherever you're at in your speaking business or wherever you're at in your speaking journey, whether you're a newbie and a rookie and just, I don't know what I don't know, and you're just figuring it out, or you've been at this for a little while. Again, really glad you're here. Hey, so today we're going to do some uh, more listener Q&A, take some uh, voicemail questions. And so we, we did these last week. We're going to do them again this week and got some more actually next week. So we're going to be hitting a lot of your questions. So if you would like to ask us a question that you would like to have answered on the show, you definitely want to stop by thespeakerlab.com. Go to the Ask Grant tab right at the top of the page there. And uh, we'll try to answer your uh, voicemail question on an upcoming episode of the show. Again, go to thespeakerlab.com and go to Ask Grant right at the top there. All right, so uh, today we've got questions from Kathy and Greg. Kathy is asking about, uh, what do you need to pitch yourself? All right, I'm, I've got some pieces in place, but I'm ready to pitch myself. What do I need? What are the absolute necessary, necessity, necessary, let's go with necessary, necessary items in order to uh, pitch yourself to potential clients? Uh, and then another question from Greg about media. And he's got some media appearances and wondering, can he use those for kind of testimonials, endorsements, and, and just kind of social proof? So talk about both of those. So let's get right into it here with uh, questions from Kathy and Greg. Enjoy. Hi, Grant. This is Kathy from Crystal Lake. And here's my question. I'd like to know what you feel are the must-haves, the most essential things to include when you're pitching yourself for a gig. Is it a video clip, testimonials? And what do you think just are the core essentials to have? Thanks. All right, Kathy, thanks for your question. Great one. What are the most essential items that you need to pitch yourself as a speaker in order to book speaking gigs? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you five things that you have to have in order to book speaking engagements. All right, so let's just assume, like Kathy had suggested here, that you are talking with a potential client or that you're starting to look at potential clients and they express any level of interest whatsoever. We'd love to know more about you. What do you speak on? What are your fees? Anything like that. What are the things that you need? need in order to pitch yourself as a speaker. So I'm going to give you five items that you need. Write these down. Plus, I'm going to give you an additional podcast episode for each of these. All right. So 
I'm going to give you kind of a high level view for each of them. But if some of them catching your attention and you're like, I need to know more about that thing, then I will give you an additional podcast episode where we go deeper on any of these five topics and subjects. All right. First one, number one is you have to have a website. You have to have a website. We talked more about this back in episode 36, episode 36, where we talked all about how to set up your first speaking website. But in today's modern world, a website is basically your modern day business card. Like if you don't have a website, you don't exist. It's very, very difficult to hire someone without having a website, without having anything to look at, without having anything to see. So having that website gives you some level of professionalism. It gives you some level of credibility. It's Again, it's that online business card, that stamp showing that I'm legit. I should be taken seriously. I actually do this because, I mean, put yourself in the position of the potential client if someone reached out to you and was looking for you to hire them as a speaker and you're like, and they say, well, I don't have a website or I'm still working on it, it, you probably wouldn't take them that seriously. So a website is absolutely a critical piece to have for pitching yourself. Now, if you want to get booked for free or you just want to do something local for a friend, then typically you can get away without having a website. But if, especially if you're wanting to be taken seriously as a speaker, if you're wanting to do uh, paid speaking engagements, and especially if you wanted to do start to do multiple thousand dollars paid speaking engagements, then a website is absolutely a must. So if you want more again about the website info, definitely check out episode 36. Episode 36. Also, I'll give you one other quick tip here. We have a new website theme that we've been working on behind the scenes. So it's basically a WordPress theme that makes life much simpler for you in getting your website up and running. So if you want more information on that, you can check it out over at thespeakerlabtheme.com, thespeakerlabtheme.com. So uh, definitely check that out. All right. So the second thing, most essential items that you need to pitch yourself. Second thing, number two, is you need a demo video. You need a demo video. We talked more about this back in episode 56. Episode 56, we did an interview with the guy who shot and edited my demo video, Wes Wages. Great guy, really knows his stuff when it comes to video. So we talk all about how to create your demo video. And in fact, in that episode, we talk a lot about how to create it just using an iPhone or smartphone to record it. So again, second thing that you need is a demo video. Now, a demo video, and sometimes this is called a, a highlight reel or a sizzle reel. Maybe you've heard it different terms. It's all basically the same thing. But it's basically like a, a two or three minute video, just kind of highlighting, giving a nutshell of what it is that you do as a speaker. The best way that I know to describe this is to think of this like a movie trailer. I mean, think about what a movie trailer is. You take a like a 90-minute movie, you boil it down to two or three minutes, and within those two or three minutes, you have a good idea of who's in it, what the plot is, what the theme is, who the characters are, all that stuff based on that movie trailer. And the point of the movie trailer is to make you want to see more. I mean, we've all been in the theaters, and they're showing the trailers, they're showing the previews before your movie starts. And you're there with your friend or significant other, whoever, and you're turning to them going, oh, we got to see that, or there's no way we're going to see that. And that's really the point, is to help you make a quick judgment about whether or not that movie is a fit for you. The same thing is true with speakers, is people want to see you speak rather than you just tell them about it. You know, I'll give you an example here. Let's imagine that you um, were in charge of a club or a concert venue and a band wanted you to book them. And the first thing you'd want to do would be to listen to their music. You wouldn't just take their word for it. So if they're telling you, well, we're really good and we kind of sound a bit like this and with a mix like that, and you're just like, I have a hard time visualizing that, you know, and you want to actually listen to it. The same thing is true with speaking. Again, especially if you want to get paid. Now, same like a website. If you want to just speak for free and you're just doing it a few times here on the side, maybe something locally, then you can probably get away without a demo video. But again, if you want to be taken seriously, you want to be viewed as a professional speaker, 
speaker, then a demo video is an absolute must. All right. So those are the first two website. Number two, demo video. Number three is you need a topic menu. Number three, a topic menu. All right. We talked about this back in episode eight of what do you want to speak about? Episode eight about what do you want to speak about? So definitely check that out if you're still trying to figure that out. But I call it a topic menu because think of it like an actual menu. You know, if you and I were to go to lunch and we sit down to eat and the waiter walks up and asks us what we'd like to eat, we would probably ask for a menu. But if the waiter says, well, we don't have menus, we can cook anything you want, like you and I would assume, no, that's no, you can't. Like you can't just cook anything and everything in the same way that as a speaker, you can't speak on anything and everything. One of the worst possible answers that a speaker can give to the question, what do you speak about is, what do you want me to speak about? Don't ever say that, all right? Don't act like you can speak on anything and everything because that's not realistic. That's not true. So you as the speaker need to provide some options for the client as to what it is that you speak about. Now, you don't need a ton of things. I would recommend that you start with just three, three different talks that these are three different topics that I speak about. Now, you want to keep those ideally in the same genre in the same space, so to speak. Meaning I wouldn't suggest saying, you know, well, I speak about customer service. I also speak about translating Spanish. And then I also speak about dog training. It's like, those are three totally unrelated subjects and topics. So pick three things that you can speak on that are pretty closely related. And then basically you're not asking the client just like, Hey, here's a blank slate. What what would you like me to come up with? You're saying, no, here are your three choices. I can do maybe some customization and tweaks from these, but you're giving them something to work off of. So a topic menu is absolutely critical. All right. Next one. Number four. Number four is that you need testimonials and recommendations. Testimonials and recommendations. We talked more about this back in episode 111, 111. Episode 111, where we talk about how to get speaking testimonials. So definitely go back and check that out. But before someone is willing to hire you, and this isn't true for just speaking, this is true with any type of product or service, it feels risky. It feels scary because I don't know, is this speaker going to be good? Or if I buy this product, is it going to work? I mean, think about oftentimes for most of us, before we make some significant purchase, maybe not even a significant purchase, maybe it's just you know a little $20 gadget or gizmo. Maybe one of the things that you do, I do this from time to time, is if someone hasn't recommended it to me, and if someone recommends it to me, it's even more valuable. But if someone hasn't recommended something to me, I will go on something like Amazon and just read reviews to figure out, is this a good thing? And that's basically what someone is doing whenever it comes to whether or not they would hire you. I mean, think about in this day and age, would you buy a product that you hadn't read any reviews on and nobody had recommended to you? Most people wouldn't do that. And the same thing is true with speaking or hiring some type of service. Before I go to a new restaurant, if no one has recommended it, a lot of times I will look up on Yelp to get some type of review. Before I use some type of service, I'll try to look it up online to see if there's any reviews on it. So the same thing is true with speakers is it's helpful to have those testimonials and recommendations that validate someone else's decision to hire you as a speaker. So that's, uh, again, go back to episode 111 to uh, get more on that. All right, the fifth thing, fifth thing, number five, is your fees, your speaking fees. We talked more about this back in episode 54, episode 54, where we talk all about speaking fees, so definitely check that out. But you definitely want to have some type of price for your service. You definitely want to know what it is that you are offering. It's also good to have multiple options, okay? Meaning that, think of this like a value meal. You know, if you go to a McDonald's, 
I don't eat McDonald's. I don't really like it. But anyway, so if you go to a McDonald's, you can get just a hamburger. You can get just the fries. You can get just a drink. Or you can get all three put together in some type of little value meal, right? The same thing is true with speaking. So some people may say, hey, I just want you to come do one talk. And that's it. Some people say, hey, I'd love for you to do two talks. Some people say, hey, I'd love for you to do two talks and I'd love 100 copies of your book or maybe some coaching or consulting or something else there. So it's good to offer different options for different budgets and different people may be looking for. So speaking fees and having it it's kind of a speaking fee schedule is also good to have there. Again, we talk about more about that in episode 54. All right. So those are the five most essential items to pitch yourself. Website, demo video, topic menu, testimonials, recommendations, and number five is fees. Now I'm going to give you a bonus one, all right? This isn't for the client. This is for you. Okay. The bonus one, number six is you need a follow-up system, a follow-up system. Okay. This is back in episode 21. We talk about this. How do you follow up on speaking leads? How do you follow up on speaking leads back in episode 21? Because here's what happens most of the time. For Kathy, who asked the question, or for anyone who you may talk to a potential client, you give them your website, your demo video, topic menu, testimonials, recommendations, fees, all that stuff. And they're like, great, we'll check this out. Thanks. And most of the time, most speakers are like, okay, if you decide to hire me or if you need anything else, just let me know. And that's it. And that's where most speakers drop the ball. Is it's really important as a speaker to follow up, to stay top of mind with that potential client so that when they're ready to make that decision, that hopefully and ideally they think of you. So you need a follow-up system in place. Again, we dig into that more in episode 21. So definitely check that out. All right. Thanks for the question, Kathy. Hey, Grant, this is Greg Larkin calling from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm the owner of Bowery 315. Bowery315.com is my website. My question is this. About 10 years ago, I was a big fixture in the financial press and a keynote speaker because I was one of the earliest voices to forecast the subprime crisis. Since then, I've changed careers and I now work in the product innovation space. I work with clients like Google and PwC and Sky Satellite to launch new products. I'm hoping to build my reputation and become more of an authority and get speaking gigs in my new industry. But I'm wondering if my experience in the past from 10 years back in a different profession how that can be parlayed into the field I'm in now. Love to get your thoughts. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for the question, Greg. So uh, asking all about, can you use media as social proof? And especially in Greg's situation, this is a little unique where his media and social media proof, I guess, so to speak, comes from something that's maybe unrelated to what it is that he may speak on today. So first of all, I think you're smart to be asking the question, Greg, and thinking it through because media is really, really great for social proof. And, and oftentimes in the world that we live in, if you have any media experience or media appearances, the culture, society, whatever you want to call it, perceives you as an expert. So if the local news station is willing to have you on, or if a major publication is going to write up about you, or if a national TV show is going to interview you or talk to you, again, there's the perception of you as the expert. So showing on your website, your marketing materials that you've been in the media, uh, especially significant media, uh, that's really, really great for credibility. It's absolutely something that is worth doing. 
Now, if you've been on a major network or a major talk show or appeared in a major publication, I think it's absolutely worth including that on your website and in your marketing materials. Maybe for some of you, you've seen some speakers or personal brands saying on their site something like, you know, as seen on or such and such has appeared on, you know, such shows as, you know, so maybe you've seen something like that. Again, it's kind of the credibility. If you go to a speaker's website or again, even just a personal brand website and you look at all the different media appearances that they've had, it gives them a certain amount of credibility. It gives them a certain amount of authority, so to speak, because those places have had that person in or have interviewed or talked to that person. Now, Greg's situation here is a little unique. So it sounds like, again, he's had a lot of major media exposure, which is great. But what he was in the major media for has nothing to do with what he does now. So I was trying to think this through. If I were Greg, what would I do? So I think if I were Greg, I would include in my bio or on my site the different media appearances that I've had, but I would not include any links to them because they're not relevant to what it is that he does now. Now, you may be wondering, like, why would you include media references if they're not relevant today? Well, I think media appearances and and just media exposure helps you in two primary ways with authority and credibility. One is it helps you with topic authority, meaning if you're smart enough on a specific subject or topic that the media or press wants to talk to you about that thing, that's really, really good. It demonstrates your topic authority. So in this case, what Greg has some media quote unquote topic authority on is not relevant to what he has spoke on or what he wants to speak on today. So this particular situation, that doesn't really qualify, so to speak. The second thing though, the second primary way that you can use media with authority and credibility that I think does apply to Greg would be what I would just call human credibility. So you have basically topic authority and human credibility. And by human credibility, I mean basically I mean, if you're smart enough and competent enough as a human that the media or the press wants to talk to you, then that's generally a good thing, right? As a general rule, now this isn't 100% of the time, but as a general rule, media and the press, they don't like highlighting idiots. Now, I'm sure we could all come up with some type of social commentary on that. But as a general rule, if the media and press are going to interview someone, they're going to highlight someone, anything along those lines, they're going to be someone that's smart, that's qualified, that's capable of presenting an idea or a thought or anything along those lines. So in Greg's case, his media appearances do nothing for topic authority, but they absolutely do help him with human credibility. So again, I would probably include them on my site, but I would not include specific links that wouldn't be relevant to what I speak on today. So great question, Greg. Hope that helps. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed those questions from Kathy and Greg. Thank you both for your questions. Again, if you'd like to have your questions answered on an upcoming episode of the show, definitely stop by thespeakerlab.com. Go to the Ask Grant tab right at the top there. And we'd love to answer your question. We'd love to hear from you and whatever we can do to help you on your speaking journey. Also, if you're looking for a more in-depth plan on how to find and book paid speaking engagements, we teach the Speaker Success Roadmap every single week over at freespeakerworkshop.com. It is a free online training that we do. It's a live training that we do, teaching you all about again how to find and book paid speaking engagements so whether you're brand new or you've been at it for a while wherever you're at in your speaking journey we definitely encourage you to register check that out again over at freespeakerworkshop.com and hopefully uh, we'll catch you on an upcoming hangout of one of those all right my friends that wraps up episode 128 we'll catch you next time you're awesome